Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. Praise the Lord. So God, we are thankful. You're looking at a bunch of thankful people, God. Uh, I'm serious, God. We're just amazed at you. The way you still uh, live with us, live inside of us, uh, work through us, touch people's lives, change people's lives. God, we are amazed at you. And we love you this morning, God. So we put ourselves before you. Holy Spirit, thank you for showing up here. Thank you for showing up here. Have your way in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I was thinking about pride this week. What is pride? I went downtown, me and Regina and I, my wife, went downtown on uh, Saturday before last or something like that. We got downtown, we wanted to go eat because there's this nice little place right on the main drag there. It's called Michael's, I think it is, a sandwich shop. Oh, it's very fine if you guys want to go. Anyway, we couldn't get down there. The street was blocked off. And so we went up another street, another street. We got all the way up by the university, and then we could go across. I'm thinking, what is going on here? And we looked over there. We're trying. We, we're just going to go check what was. It was Pride Day. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. Where's the mayor? I want to talk to the mayor. You know, <laughs> what the heck is going on? And I got to thinking about pride. And here we are. Uh, these people are coming out of the closet. And I decided that I was going to come out of the closet. I mean, what, what do we, what is that one song that uh, the old guys sing? What are we sneaking around for? I mean, like we're spreading some kind of disease. I'm telling you, people, you've got the answer for people. You have more wisdom than you know about. Most of the world, I'm talking about most of the world, doesn't know what you know. And they really want to know. They really do. People are looking for truth. Kids are looking for truth. They're looking for somebody to tell them the truth. For crying out loud, these people have been lying to them forever. Kids aren't stupid. They know it's a lie. They're just going, oh, Really? No, really? really? I'm a, I, I can be a, I can be a woman if I want? What are you kidding? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, uh, John said he trusted me to come, so I better chill out. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> oh Lord. Help him, Jesus. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let me, I was going to read this little thing. No, I don't want to read that. Okay. In the fourth chapter of Micah, in the fourth verse, it says this. Now he just starts talking about the Lord's reign. He's been talking about these wicked rulers, the wicked prophets. I've read this before. I said, Oh God, help me not to be one of those. Do you ever pray that? You know, Oh God, these pastors that are just getting it for the money. I'm thinking, Dude, they must be in New York or something. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they don't live in Nevada. So anyway, 
it's talking about this, and then it comes to the Lord's reign in Zion, and he talks a little bit about the Lord's reign, but he, then he comes down to the fourth verse. He says, "But everyone shall sit under his fig tree and under his and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken, and all the people walk each in the name of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever." Isn't that good? So right in the middle of this blessing, he comes to a place. He wants us to wants to make sure that this is future stuff he's talking about in the one through three, and one through four. This is future. What's happening right now is all the people walk in the name of his God. These guys that are down on Pride Week really think they're doing the right thing. They really do. That's what deception is. Deception means that you think you're doing the right thing. Why? Because you're deceived. I didn't realize that. I've, I've been deceived from a pulpit before. I've had men of God deceive me from this position. I want you to know that's scary to do. I got to pray through every week. No wonder we get here for prayer in the morning, right? My, where I can stand up here and start preaching the word of God and you think, what if I'm, what if I'm screwing up? Goofing up. You're not supposed to say screwing up on TV. All right. Okay, so everybody's walking in the name of his God, but then it says, but we, we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus said, he says in the gospel, he says, whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. Whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. Do it in Jesus' name, in fact. Does that mean pounding a nail? Yes. Does that mean changing a kid's diaper? Yes. Does it mean preaching the gospel? Yes, but do it in the name of the Lord. I'm thinking, Lord, some of the stuff I do, I'm not going to do in your name. You know, I get, I got mad at my wife once last week. And I'm not going to do that in the name of the Lord. You guys never get mad at your wives, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. My wife is the most perfect wife I've ever met. Otherwise, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have married her. I was 41, man. I was over the hill. I was cool. You know, and then God shows up and he says, look, <laughs> That's what happened to me, you know. I, I was gonna, I was gonna get a word from God, you know. I, I don't give out. I'll get a word from the Lord, and then, then Regina shows up, and I, I'm like, a, I lost 15 pounds. I'm serious. While while we were dating, I lost 15 pounds. I said, I just going to the doctor, and this guy says, what, What's wrong with you? I don't know. I said, I'm losing weight. I'm sick all the time. I don't know what to do. He says, dude, you're just lovesick. I says, I'm not lovesick. I'm a man of God. <laughs> what a dork, you know. God knows how to set you up. He knows how to set you up so you know that it was him. You know, on the first day I met my wife, we stood face to face in my church to pray together about a concert we were going to do. And we prayed face to face. And she had a vision of us getting married. I didn't want to get married. She didn't want to get married. So she has this vision. She didn't tell me this vision until after we were married. Thank you, Jesus. I'd have run, man. I'd have moved to Mexico or something. <laughs> I, I really thought I knew a lot about marriage before I got married. 40 was counseling people, you know. Oh, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do that. I see. I was a pastor, right? Oh, yeah. Man, I, I met Regina. I thought, 
I don't know nothing about raising kids. I don't know nothing about being married. I don't know nothing about relationships. I don't know anything about anything. I was pretty goofed up for a while. It's hard to preach when you think you don't know anything. And you thought you did forever. That's what self-righteousness does for you. Gets you all deceived and goofed up. All right. So, um, in Judges, the 17th chapter and the 21st chapter, 17.6 and 21.5 says, Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The whole earth was full of craziness, and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Again, I want to tell you, these people who are doing these things think it's right, but they're doing it because it's right in their own eyes. I mean, I, I thought at one time that if everybody ought to drop acid at least once. You ever think that? No, you guys aren't old enough. Okay. He did. He did. Where's that other guy? Oh, got the long hair back there. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that. And the next time I did it, I thought, nobody ought to do this. <laughs> so I really thought that. I was deceived. I was doing what was right in my own eyes. But back then, the things we were doing were to expand our minds so that we might help our fellow man. I'm serious. That's why we did those things back then. You saw the Jesus Revolution, right? The thing on the TV? Anyway, that's why we did stuff. We did it so that we could help somebody else do it. These drugs that are going around now do not do it for that reason. They do it to make me feel better. That's all. Something's going on in the world. There's a selfishness that's so profound and so invasive that even the drugs are doing that to us. People that go into that thing, they do, they, it's just for me. That's all it's for. I want you to know if you're hooked on that stuff and you could get free. I know people who have. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't raise your hand back there. <laughs> I got free. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> so it says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. So, I'm figuring, just like the songs we sung and the prayers we sang today, anything anything outside of Jesus is simply death. Any way we're seeking to get satisfaction outside of Christ is death. Even eating, for crying out loud, is simply death if you're not serving the Lord. It turns out to be that. It's just, it's just weird. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. So they were doing what was right in their own eyes. They were leaning upon their own understanding. Look at the guys at Babel. Let's build us a tower. It's going to reach to heaven. Okay, why don't we try that? Uh, Anyway, they tried it, and God says, but dude, we better get down there and mess up their language. Nothing's going to be impossible to them if they keep going. So God had to spread them out over the whole earth. Thank God, you know. Otherwise, I'd be a Hebrew. I would, right? Oh, this, I, I got to read this. <laughs> I guess he spoke Hebrew. That's the guys he chose, right? Okay. Job uh, 33. This is good. You'll like this. Job 33. I just found this this morning. It says, For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. Isn't that good? I just found that this morning, me and uh, Matt were talking. I got to read that again. For God may speak in one way or in another, 
yet man does not perceive it. I mean, it's like the guy who is stuck on the roof in the flood, right? Helicopter comes, the boat comes, some other people come, and finally he drowns, he goes to heaven and says, Lord, why didn't you come and save me? The Lord says, you know it. I sent the helicopter and a boat. Well, you get on the boat in the helicopter. What are you doing? So God speaks in one way or another. I want you to know God can even speak through heathens. God talks to me a lot of times through sinners. He just nails me to the wall. I talked to a guy the other day. I'm, I don't say God bless you anymore. I say Jesus loves you or Jesus died for you. I mentioned the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is powerful. God bless you is nice. But that could be Buddha or Krishna or Vishnu or whomever other god you have, right? So I've been saying, and I did yesterday, day before yesterday, I picked up a guy, drove him home. And I said, listen, I want you to know something. He's an old dude, right? He says, I says, you know, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And he kind of went like this and he went, you know, I'm not a God-fearing man. And I thought, oh. What I should have said was, why? I was getting the idea, you know. <laughs> but I, I just said that to him, and he he wasn't offended. But he wanted me to know he wasn't a God-fearing man. But I just I said again, I just wanted you to know that he loves you. And he said, well, thanks for telling me. And he got out and went his way. I'm thinking, well, i got to think up of some other line. <laughs> <laughs> at least have a couple in mind, you know. Otherwise, I'm just kind of... Now, I can follow the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes I practice stuff. I don't know if you practice stuff. Remember when uh, Bill Wright was doing his thing? You know, the four spiritual laws? I mean, you had to know how to hold it. You had to know how to point. You, you had to know when to give it to them and let them read it. You had to know the whole thing. So I practiced I practiced on people. All kinds of people got saved while I was practicing. Hallelujah. It's a great thing. I did it in, I did it in Spanish once. They had the Spanish ones, right? So I got this lady and I was going, uh, su is, well, I was trying to speak. She says, give me that. <laughs> she, <laughs> she read the whole thing and got saved. Come on. Hallelujah. This, God is good, man. He, he will goof you up. That's good. So we trust in the Lord with all our heart. So God speaks in one way. Okay, so in Romans 1, well, you'll like this because you guys have all read this stuff. In Romans, the first chapter, there's a kid that preaches in my church too. Just like that, I'm telling you. He, right at the important parts too, you know. So 120, it says this. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Because though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, but nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be the wise, they became fools. And that's what's happened. I see a lot of foolish people nowadays. You know, and sometimes I'm one. I just, I just don't like being a fool. Anyway, they, although they knew God, they decided, they decided to put him aside and 
just function their own way. You know, a lot of your, a lot of Christian kids, right? Not mine, of course. Mine were angels. <laughs> Come on. They were pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's lying. <laughs> Thanks, so I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Bible does say have your family in order, right? Anyway, this, this my kid, oh, they are funny. I, I'll go on somewhere else. Okay. So I would talk to my kids when they were about 15 or 16. I figured they got what I had to teach them. So I talked to my boy. I said, listen, I have taught you to make good decisions. So I respect your decision that you're making here. But I think if you make this decision, this is what's going to happen. And so sometimes he'd listen to me and not make those decisions. Other times he'd listen to me, but he wouldn't, he'd go do it anyway. And stuff would happen just like I said. He got to thinking I was the wisest guy on the face of the earth. I'm telling you because I was telling him stuff. But one thing I did, I said, I respect your decisions. That's important for a kid, for you to respect his decision, for anybody, for that matter, to respect their decision. If they want to go be stupid, that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to fix people. You just tell them the truth and allow them to process stuff. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So it, it says in Matthew 13, 14, it says, prophets and, uh, desire to hear what you hear, but haven't heard. He's talking to the disciples. He says, even the prophets would like to hear what you heard, are hearing right now from me, but they didn't get to hear it. So I want to talk to you a little bit about ears, okay? Ears. So we go from this pride thing where people are doing the wrong thing, and then we come to the place where we understand why, because they're listening to the wrong voices. Listening to the wrong voices, it's just crazy, okay? Their, their, their ears have become hard of hearing, it says in Matthew 13. Their ears have become hard of hearing. Okay, in Jeremiah 6.10, it says they have uncircumcised ears and they can't give heed to the word because the word is reproached to them and they take no delight in it. They've decided to take no delight in hearing from God or reading the word of God. I want you to know the Bible is the word of God. I mean, the creator of the universe, speaker of stars, you know, the word of God. Well, I just can't understand it. I don't read too much. Snap the heck out of it. If you don't read, learn how. And if you can't get anything out of it, keep reading. It'll come. Isn't that true? Yeah, just keep reading. Something will happen in there. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Jeremiah says in 7.27, he says, Jeremiah, go preach to these people, but they ain't going to listen. How do you like God to tell you that? <laughs> you know, I want you to preach for 40 years and, and they aren't, nobody's going to listen to you, but go preach. They're going to throw you in pits up to your armpit and mud and things like that. And they just kind of abuse you and talk to you all kinds of nasty ways, but go preach to them. You know, Jeremiah, he loved those people so much that even when God told him not to pray for them, he did it anyway. Jesus, help us be like that. Help us be like that to the people who abuse us. 
And because that's the only way it's going to work. That's it. Yeah. Amen. You know that song we sang, Cleave? That song you guys sang? Uh, something, something, Cleave. To you my heart alone will cleave. Anyway, that word cleave is in Jeremiah 13, 11. It says, like a sash clings to your waist, uh, so I cause you to cling to me, that you would be a people of renown and for the praise and for glory, but you would not. Isn't that something like a cummerbund? How it fits you so good, especially if you have a nice waist like mine. <laughs> you know, if I had a tendency to be big, I would be. I eat like eight times a day. I eat probably more than anybody in here, I'm telling you. It's just that, you know, it's genes. God is so nice to me. In Jeremiah 32, I got to read this part. Jeremiah 32. Okay. It says in the... Okay, yeah, okay. So in Jeremiah 32, it says in the 32nd verse, it says, Because of all the evil of the children of Israel and the children of Judah, which they have done to provoke me to anger, they, their kings, their princes, their priests, and their prophets, the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they have turned to me the back and not the face. Isn't that good? God wants to see your face. That almost makes me cry. God likes to see my face. He wants me to look up to him and pray to him. He doesn't want my nose always in the carpet. It's important to know God likes your face. He wants to hold your face. Go, what are you doing? Okay. Okay. So, they have turned to me the back and not the face. Though I taught them, rising up early and teaching them, they have not listened to receive instruction. Now jump down to the 36th verse. After all these things that he's telling them that these people are going to get cursed for and all these things are bad and you've been following Baal. He says in the 36th verse, he says, Now therefore, therefore, because all these things are true, you've been turning your back, turn to me the back and not the face. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the city, which you say, it shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword, but with famine and pestilence, behold... I will gather them out of all the countries where I have driven them in my anger and in my fury and great wrath. I will bring them back to this place. I will cause them to dwell safely. They shall be my people and I will be their God. Then I will give them one heart and one way and they shall fear me forever for the good I do to them and their children after them and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And on and on he goes. Do you see that? Because they're screwing up. God comes. Each one of you in this place was probably at a weird place when you came to Christ. Okay? You were going down the wrong path. What? People, well, I came to Jesus. No. No, no. He came after you, probably kicking and screaming. You got your heels in the ground. <laughs> he came and got you. It's just like here. Now, therefore. Because if there wasn't any now, therefore, you'd still be doing your own thing. You'd probably be dead. I would probably be dead. I'd know that I would be dead. Absolutely. So God brought us around. Praise the Lord. This is awesome. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. That's good. In Psalm 27, 13 and 14, I'm just trying to make a point. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. For our country, for the world right now, things are fairly weird. I mean, I don't watch television. I know they're weird. 
So, I mean, they must be really weird. If you're watching TV all the time, you're going, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know? But God is the one who's going to triumph. Truth is going to come through. You watch. You watch. And I would have lost heart unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not just there. I'm not living necessarily totally for there, but I like the there thing. But I'm living here for him. Praise the Lord. And to see them come in. He wants none to perish, but all to come to the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. I'm glad of that. Otherwise, I'd just spit in their face and say, go, go to hell, you sucker, you know. That's what would happen. <laughs> so <laughs> shouldn't do that. I'm trying to keep my act together here. <laughs> it would be like that. It would be like that if God didn't give us some kind of hope for people. You know, these people are are past the past. Listen, you go look in the mirror. If God saved you, can He could save anybody? Hallelujah. Yeah. So, when God has, you have God's ear. I want you to know when you speak and you're serious about it, God will hear you. The thing we got to come to is when he has our ear. When he speaks, we respond. That's following the Holy Spirit. That's digging into the word so we know when God speaks, it's him. That's what we need to do. I've known people come to me right out, looked at me right in the face, says, I'm going to leave my wife for my soul partner. I was about six days old in Jesus, and this guy was one of them. I thought it was a mentor, you know. He's a wonderful guy. And I, thought, I looked at him, I said, that ain't right. <laughs> I'm a dummy, but boy, you're wrong. <laughs> he says, well, I've got, I've got to do this. I feel it's the Holy Spirit. I says, you are not right. This is not right. I, think, I didn't know anything. See, people can be deceived. People can get, uh, uh, they're listening to voices that are not in the word. I mean, the word is pretty specific. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Dude, that's adultery. Okay, especially if you're already going out with her now. Okay, so I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Elijah. Okay, I love this part. And this is talking about listening to God and the whole pride thing. So in First Kings, the 18th chapter. Oh, yeah. First Kings 18. I'll read there in 17th through the 19th verse first. Might as well start in the beginning, right? Yeah, 17 through 19. Okay, it says this. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, Is that, is that you, O troubler of Israel? This is when Elijah caused it not to rain for three and a half years. He's been in the mountains for three and a half years, hanging out by the brook Kidron. Brook dries up, he goes back down. So this is this is the king that he stood against. Now watch this. And you know this story, right? Okay, it says, and he answered, it says, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to the Mount Carmel and 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. What's that? That's called a showdown. <laughs> I'll meet you at noon out in the street. All right. Okay. So all these guys get together and 
Elijah lets those guys go first. They're crying out to Baal, right? Now, Baal's a big guy. He's a big deal, all right? They cry out to him for like three hours, four hours. And finally, I got to read you this part. And finally, Elijah in the 24th verse says, Then, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, and Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. Uh, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, uh, but put no fire under it. And he said, "Whoever, whichever God brings fire, he's God. And they go, dude, okay. Because they figure, Baal, he's fire dude, you know. Okay. So they took the bulls given to them, prepared it, called on the name of Baal, morning until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no answer, no one answered. Then they leaped in, onto the altar that they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them. So cool. He said to them, cry aloud, for he's a God. Either he's meditating or he's busy. Maybe he's on a journey. Perhaps he's sleeping. Wake him up. <laughs> yes, you can stand against the enemy, look people right in the face, says, you know, you can call on your God as much as you want, but I want you to know the truth. Now watch this. And they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, and their knives and their lances and blood gushed out of them. And, the, and when midday had passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering and the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, and no one paid attention. These people were calling on their God, and they thought that he would answer with fire. I want you to know that people actually think that these things are going to satisfy them and their lives are going to change because of them. They think they're doing things that are going to make them happy. Okay? And then, you know what Elijah did. He called on the name of the Lord and the Lord sent fire down. Okay, I might as well read it, huh? In 36 through 39. I love this part. 36, okay. Uh, oh yeah I want to read this other part too he took stones and made the altar in the 33rd verse he says and he put wood in order cut up the pieces laid it on the wood and said fill the water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice in the wood and then he said do it a second time they did it do it a third time they did it the third time so the water ran around the altar and also filled the trench with water this is good. And it came to pass that at the time of the offering and the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Israel, let it be known this day that you are God, and you are the God in Israel. I am your servant. It's okay to say and to make people think that you are his servant. But don't put a bumper sticker on the back of your car and flip somebody off on the way to work. Okay. Okay. In that I have done these things according to your word. Now Elijah was listening to God. God had his ear and he had his. Okay, watch this. Hear, O Lord, and hear me this, that these people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned the hearts. This is the good part. And that you have turned their hearts back to you again. The reason God did this was not to just mock the prophets of Baal. He did it to turn his people back to him. 
Always, always, always. Read the prophets sometimes. It's the way it is. And then fire the Lord fell, consumed the bird offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. God is cool. Remember, remember Gideon when he was doing his thing? He's got 175,000 people in the army. He brings his 30,000. He said, everybody who's scared, go home. 20,000 left. <laughs> okay, still too many. Go take them down to the creek, let them drink, and whoever brings their hand to their mouth, now he's down to 300. And the Lord says, just enough. It's like Elijah, pour water, eh, a little more, eh, a little more. Make sure they know that this is God and say it isn't going to spontaneously combust. People say that. I'm thinking, what a dork, you know. Some people... It's true. Some people think that the children of Israel walked across the Red Sea when it was only three inches deep. Because it gets that way, right? Where they went across, it gets three inches deep. It said it was flood time. But, and I, I started praising, oh, thank you, Jesus. Says, What's the matter with you? I says, you mean all of Pharaoh's army drowned in three inches of water? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> they said it stood as a wall. On one side and on the other, right? <laughs> nah, that's it. Didn't they ever watch Cecil B. DeMille's? You know, come on. I saw that thing. Praise the Lord. Okay. Do you know when, uh, when Gideon, when Gideon was in the threshing floor and he did all that stuff and he tore down that, that altar and burnt that thing in the nighttime, that it was his dad's heathen altar? It was his dad's heathen altar. And the next day, they came and they were going to kill Gideon. And his dad stood up for him and says, Anybody here want to kill my kid? They ought to kill you because you're standing up for Baal. And you're standing, not standing for the Lord your God. you got an idol in your backyard worshiping this idol. They tear it down and burn it up. And now you're standing for God. See? Yeah, come on. People want to know that somebody's going to stand for God. Somebody's just waiting for somebody to stand up and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. They're just waiting for somebody. I remember we had, we had youth groups that, that changed the high school. I want you to know that. Changed the high school. Two, two of our kids got saved. They went up there. The coach got saved. They're kneeling down on the, on the football field before the games or witnessing all over the place. There's 40, 50 kids in the youth groups then. Praise the Lord. What happened? I say it's my fault because I was the one that was there and I dropped the ball. Might as well say it's true. But I'm back on my horse, by the way. <laughs> Daniel 11.32 says, People who know their God will be strong and do exploits. You want to do exploits? Get to know your God. You guys get here at 9.30 and pray. We do the same thing in our church. Hallelujah. It's, it's how do you get to know your God? The people know their God. I'm finding that protect, protracted time in the presence of God causes you to be able to stand up. It causes you to be able to stand for Christ. Because I like standing for Christ. I don't like being a wimp. I don't like backing out of conversations when they get weird. I don't like that. I, li I like about myself that I'm courageous and I'm bold. 
and I want to be that. The only way I get there is to know who God is, and the only way to know who God is is to be in his presence long enough that I know his presence. Yes, and then you can hear him. I, it's like being led by the Holy Spirit all the time. I want you to know that sometimes I go like this. I go from my house, or I go from my office into my house. What did I come in here for? <laughs> I don't know if that ever happens. It started to happen to me when I was about 40. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my daughter says because I got a lot on my plate, not because I'm getting old. But anyway, so I've been realizing that if I go in there and into my house and I get there and I don't remember why I came for, I just ask the Lord. And he tells me 95%, at 98% of the time. He just tells me. What, what is that called? That's called dependence on God. I am thinking that I shouldn't have been this way since I was saved. If I'd have been dependent on God all that time, things would have went a lot better. Right? Depend on Him. What, what am I supposed to do here? What should I, now, it's not like this. It's not like this. You come to a corner and go, Oh, Lord, which way should I turn? Oh, Jesus, tell me which way. Which way should I turn, Lord? Knock that crap off. I know a guy who's like that, and he's nuts. He's just absolutely beside himself. He's crazy. So don't, don't be like that. But if you're coming up to the turn and your house is right and you get a sense the Holy Spirit is telling you to go left, go left. Just do it. Just find out what happens. You'll realize that a lot of times God is talking to you. A lot of times. But don't get in that thing that, oh, get all religious and weird. It's not right. Okay. So. Why else would we have pride? So we've listened to the, the ear thing and the eye thing and the whole thing. Okay, it says, why else would we get pride? Shyness is pride. How do I know this? I was the shyest guy I ever met before I got saved. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not just, I was very, well, I was weird. And get embarrassed. Getting embarrassed is simple pride. What? I got this revelation from God the other day in prayer. We were out there, we were out there uh, uh, praying over the high school. And then we split out and we, we went praying over the high school wall. And I was up above the baseball field. And I, I was leaning on the rail like this. And I got a picture of myself. I was, I was like this out in the field. I had my glove, right? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, if they hit that ball to me, I wonder if I can catch that. And if I don't catch it, what will people think of me? And I don't even know if I can move right now because my knees are really weak. <laughs> <laughs> I was skinny and small when I was a kid, so I was, that's a real thing, you know. So what I realized is every one of those kids out there that we were praying for live in their own little world. They live in that small little place that theirs alone. And they are thinking these things. Every one of them has their own little thoughts. And God, as we prayed over that place, we began to pray for a hunger for truth and that God would invade that space. Invade that little life. Invade that little place where you live. God can do that. That's where prayer comes in. That's where prayer comes in. That's why we come here and pray and cry out to God for our schools and things like that. That's why we go over to the schools. That's why you guys come here in the morning. That's why these other guys go on Mondays. That's why we pray on Thursdays. The Mondays that... Uh, 
the little lady from Mike's church goes to the park. That's why we do this. Why? Because God answers prayer. And he can invade those little places. How do I know that? He invaded me. He invaded you. He got into that place where you were at and said, all right, you're mine, boy. You're, you're mine. Praise the Lord. A little kid. That's just cool. Okay. Oh, yeah. This, I don't know about that, Lord. Yeah, First Corinthians. You in a hurry, you guys? Okay. Kind of back saying, kind of, a little bit. Could you rush it along a bit? <laughs> First Corinthians 4. I'm going pretty fast. I never was a long-winded type of preacher guy. Good, thank you. All right. Okay, First Corinthians. Oh, yeah, that's it. 4-7 just says it different. I think I read it in the in the Amplified this morning. Okay, it says this in 4-7. It says, For who makes you different from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? I wrote down here, God doesn't reward me for the gift he gave me. <laughs> Isn't that good? I thought that was the coolest thing. So I received all this stuff from God. If God uses me and he does stuff through me, how am I going to get cocky about that? I mean, I received it. He used me to do it. There's no pride in it. Okay? I have received it all, so we can't get proud. What do you have that you did not receive? Not a thing. Okay? If you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Same deal. Same deal. But, you know, but if you love those who are unlovely, that is credit to you from God. Woo! Hallelujah. And the same goes on and on. Um, and, uh, is that, okay. 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 Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I thought I'd just throw that part in. Did that part bless you? Yeah. That's good. Okay. And then in uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, this, this is... Something I found this morning. It's kind of nice to to come here and to pray and stuff like that. I wrote about 15 things down while I, we were praying. You guys about preached this sermon. You did when you were when you were sharing that thing. Kevin came up here and started saying something about hearing God, and you started saying something about that. I'm thinking, oh, you know, pass the hat. We're good. <laughs> That's my, <laughs> you know, the people think, well, you just want my money. <laughs> You're right. I, I'm thinking, I, I don't want your money. No, I want to be able to see your lives changed. I mean, people come to church and you start taking the offering. You notice me, I went to the bathroom. Well, I thought I'd give you a way to get out of it. And these people goes, yeah, that's not bad. Sorry, sorry. The scripture he read is right. The scripture read, God blesses us. Why does he want you to give? So he can bless you. That's why he does it. That's amazing. I always thought I was just a sucker when I gave things away. Remember when you, before you're saved, people come to you and they go, yeah, okay. And you hit it because you thought everybody, you were a sucker. 
Now I can become a Christian. And God says, no, that's cool. I mean, hallelujah. <laughs> it's not sucker on my head. You ever come into a room and, and there's 50 people in the room, right? And, and somebody's over there and you, they look like they're in need, right? And they'll look through the whole crowd and they'll see you and walk across the whole room of 50 people right to you. Yeah. So you can, hey, do you have gas money? <laughs> what, what you want? There's, but those guys. <laughs> it's not sucker anymore. It's just, you know, you got those yes eyes. You got the yes face now. I have to, I have to screw myself up just to get a no face. You ever do that? I just can't do it. I can't figure it out. <laughs> Try to get the, the no face going. Don't come over here, dude. I kick your butt. <laughs> it's, it's true. Praise the Lord. So anyway, so we love those who are unlovely. We don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And then the 31st and the 32nd verse, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God has forgiven you. You notice in the 30th verse says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. How do you grieve Him? Don't forgive. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Don't forgive. So, what, what credit does it us if we forgive those? God credits you. That is a cool word, guys. You know, it's not like you're earning something from God, but you can get credit. You can get credit. I like credit. Speaking of pride and listening, remember in 1 Samuel 10 where Saul gets to prophesying? King Saul, the wicked king, he gets to prophesying, right? And after that, he's just not a very good guy. Just because you're prophesying doesn't make you a good guy. Just because you're doing miracles and stuff doesn't make you a good guy. He still wore the crown, okay? He's still prophesying. But the Lord, but Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. What's the Lord say? I never knew you. Who are you? In other words, there's never an intimacy going on. There's never that protracted time in prayer where you actually understood that God was with you like that. Okay? We need a fresh anointing all the time. Martin Luther, he says, I got, I'm getting so busy today. I'm not going to just spend two hours in prayer. I'm going to spend three hours. I got so much to do today that I need to spend three hours in prayer. What? Where are those guys? Anyway, what does Smith Wigglesworth say? He says, you can be just like me. You just got to pay the price I paid. Who all here would just have a Bible in their house and that was it? No videos, no movies, no books, no periodicals, no paper, no nothing. That's what Smith Wigglesworth did. He just had a Bible, and that was all he read ever. Wow. Well, what about the Internet? <laughs> I'm not gonna, I, don't th- I don't know if I'm going to go on with this whole thing. Oh, the one part I do. Yes, I am going to read a little bit of this. Go to Acts, the 23rd chapter. This is too good to pass up. You know, you look around sometimes. You're, you're, uh, you're preaching, and pretty soon people are going. <laughs> you know, it's about time to wrap it up. 
<coughs> okay, so the 23rd chapter says, Paul was looking earnestly at the council and said, Men and brethren, I have lived a good, with a good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Annas uh, commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God strike you, you whitewashed wall. For you see, <laughs> oh, maybe you got in the flesh. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> For you said and judge according to the law, and you command me to be struck contrary to it. And those who stood by said, Do you revile God's high priest? And Paul said, I didn't know, brethren, that he was a high priest. For it's written, You shall not speak evil against your rulers. Now, Paul was around. He knew that guy was a high priest. That's what I'm thinking. Now he added lion to his little fleshly thing. I don't know. He's, he's a, I, I, anyway, I think he got in the flesh. What did he get slapped for? He got slapped for saying his conscience was clear before God. He got slapped in the kisser for that. Okay. Okay. Now, don't get too on Paul. The week prior to this, he'd been beaten by a mob. He got chained. He got uh, some zealous Jews threatened to kill him. He got in such a row with the with the people, he almost got whipped by the Romans until he claimed he was a Roman. He had little sleep. He had little food. He was hangry. Okay? <laughs> That's what uh, Wes says. Okay? Or he had no food. He had nobody to band-aid his wounds. He was tired. He was bruised. And he was in court for the good things he did. How would you feel? Watch this. Now watch this. And then they sent him back to jail. Now he did not get a chance to preach to these guys. Once in a lifetime chance to preach to the high priests and all these guys. And he blew it. Can you imagine the way he felt when he got, got into jail there? He probably felt a little... Depressed. I missed my chance. You ever think that? Missed it. Okay. Okay. Now, go to 2311. It says, In the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, you must also bear witness in Rome. The Lord didn't even go back into his past. He spoke to him about his future. He broke right through all Paul's little, uh, you know, self-pity. I shouldn't be, you know, I'm in jail. All right. So the Lord stood by him. That, w- that word stood by him. Did you know that propitiation means to stand side by side with your accused? When a lawyer comes up to plead for you and he's your advocate or your, your propitiation, he stands right by your side. And guess what? You don't say nothing. Your advocate, your lawyer, speaks for you. So the Lord stood by Paul and said, and he spoke to him about his future. In other words, all the other stuff is gone. We don't even have to go to that because we've already, these guys took you to court. You've already been to court. I know. I died for your sins. We're good. Okay, isn't that good? I thought you'd like that advocate thing. All right. Praise the Lord. Have you ever felt like your mouth? Uh, cost you an opportunity? <laughs> God, God doesn't only love you, He knows you. That's good, huh? He knows you. That's why you can't blame God or the devil or circumstances for the responses you make to people. What causes you to 
get right is to take responsibility for your own actions. You told me that one time a long time ago. It says you become a man when you take responsibility for your own actions. That changed my life. That's really good. Okay. So what we need to do is pray for the ones we think that look okay. If they're doing really well and they, they look like they're doing okay, you need to pray for them. They might not be doing okay. They might be preaching against sin and living in it. You never know, okay? Uh, the blessing and the leading of God are not necessarily uh, uh, things that say that you're walking right with God. It's just simply that God loves you and he leads you and he guides you and he blesses you. I've had some people say, well, I'm blessed by God. Yeah, but your living sucks. You're not supposed to say that. Stinks. Okay. <laughs> I believe... I believe God leaves stuff in our lives to keep us humble. There are things in my life that I've cried out to God more than three times, and he has not taken them away from me. And so God leaves that in my life, like he did Paul's, to keep me from getting cocky and getting all that and thinking I'm that in a bag of chips. He keeps me humble. So I believe in every one of our lives, so don't feel like you're alone. In every one of our lives, God leaves something there to keep us in a place of humility. Otherwise, we'd get like those guys who got all weird and thought they were Elijah and dressed up in the priest's outfit and stuff like There's a lot of guys that did that. Why? Because they got so righteous, they got so holy, they got so pure, and they realized that they were walking with God. That is a heady place to be. And if God doesn't keep you humble and if you don't keep yourself humble, then you will get all weirded out and goofed up. Morality may keep you out of jail, but only the blood can keep you out of hell. Woo. Amen. So, uh, one of the words that uh, came out was Alex said, this is an invitation, his invitation to us. That was really cool. I wrote that down. God is inviting us. God is inviting us to spend time with him like never before. I spent a lot of time with God, a lot of time walking with God. I've been walking with God for about, I don't know, since 74, I think. 1974. Okay. <laughs> then, then somebody says, your disobedience doesn't only hurt you. When you disobey God, it, it doesn't only hurt you, it hurts everyone around you. So just because, you know, even if you're alone and you're disobeying God, you're not alone. You're part of the body of Christ. Yeah, when I disobey God, you guys are hurt by it. Well, that freaks me out, man. So I need to, I need to spend time in the presence of God because I can't do this stuff. I, I try, you ever try to get your list? You know, your list is like, you know, oh, there's, there it is. Wait, how do you do that? You can't do that unless you're walking in the Spirit. You, when the time comes for you to do something or not do something, the thing that, the thing you're able to do is not take the Word of God and quote a scripture, though God will bring that to you and that might be the way it happens. But you just, knowledge alone isn't going to save you. You need to walk in the Spirit 
in order for God to speak to you the word of God at the time he's speaking to you. Praise the Lord. So, that's that's it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. You're welcome. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m. held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.